Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to the 2018 NALCS Spring Preview Podcast. That's right. This is going to be the time where we break down all of the teams. Instead of doing the team-by-team -team series, uh, which is a lot more work-intensive, I just got two of my favorite analyst friends to come on the show. We're going to look at each team individually and then provide our final rankings at the end and give you the definitive rough drafts official power rankings heading into the split and i mean what could possibly go wrong right everyone knows you do your predictions and everything goes exactly according to plan uh so it's going to be uh, a lot of fun and, and let's let's meet those analysts on the round table today first is uh uh james uh super fresh uh Pelsey, how you doing man <laughs> howdy oh my goodness and then matt I'm doing good. IMG, how you doing man That well, awesome. Good, good, good to hear. Well, I'm doing well in my predictions. Or is right because TSM always gets first. Yeah. Well, spoiler alert, buddy. We're not at that part of the podcast. <laughs> it's, it's okay. You gave him a glimpse. Now we're gonna take a step back. And before we get into these individual teams, I do want to take a moment to bring, you know, kind kind of bring us back into the off season. Obviously, with franchising, there was a lot of shifting going around. We knew that there were going to be new teams formed out of the ether, you know, putting all these things together. Uh, you had Steve buying all of the players for a good while there. Uh, lots of, of memes and shenanigans. And so, Pelvin, when you were watching this, uh, what, what was the offseason like to you? What, what, where were, was your mind space at and, and how do you ultimately feel about how things turned out? So I wanted to see what the differences were going to be because you had non-endemic orbs coming in. I wanted to see, all right, how, how are they building rosters? Is it different from how we've seen teams do it in the past? And then you saw, like, with t like TSM uh, especially, like, they had more money than they usually did. Um, it's like CLG, like, had money for the first time in their lives. <laughs> And um, like, oh, like, do they are they are they going to build their team differently? Or is it, is it are things going to evolve um, once the like the situation changes for almost every team in the league? Uh, so that was really what I was I was interested in seeing was um, what sort of the mindsets change. Yeah, and and, and there definitely were differences that we're going to approach team by team as to how these things were done, especially. You look at Clutch Gaming and their Rockets pedigree. That's an org that's always had an interesting approach to things, and they've been and they've done quite a few posts on on what that approach was like. But Matt, what about you? What was this offseason like for you? Uh, so my first thing was I was just wondering going in. I was like, all right, so some teams are going to get stuck with some some pretty bad like like. Barely LCS and potentially sub LCS talent, maybe players who never quite made it or players who've kind of aged out because um, I, I expected a lot of orgs to play it relatively safe on that front with their main roster main rosters because the, the whole point was just trying to get into the LCA, into this uh, franchising system. And I think some of these teams are just going to worry about actually building competitive rosters over the next year or two, they just wanted to get in and get a roster that they could field that wasn't going to be like, like 
too awful. Like, some of these rosters are a little... have some players that maybe shouldn't be in the LCS anymore, but they're necessary in order to fill out these 10 teams and uh, give the teams a level of comfort. Because I think something we don't see in esports that's very uh, prevalent in traditional sports leagues is that uh, traditional sports teams are very comfortable with uh, mediocre to average as long as it's consistently mediocre to average. Traditional sports teams do, don't like uh, variation. So I think we end up with some rosters that were, and some players that are going to create some interesting games this this upcoming split. Yeah, it's certainly it's interesting to see like what players ended up on main rosters versus the academy rosters, which is a whole other podcast for a whole other day uh, and something I definitely want to spend some time on because I do think it's fascinating that guys like Levi and, and Keen and Moon, you know, guys that, you know, we thought for sure were going to be, you know, big name players in some major region are now playing in this academy system and what the movement up and down is going to be like is going to be very fascinating to track, but we're not here to break down academy teams. We're here to break down the 10 NALCS teams, and we're going to just go down in alphabetical order, which means everyone knows the alphabet starts with numbers, so we're going to start with 100 Thieves. That is, that's how it's listed on Gamepedia. That's how we're doing it. Uh, this is a, a very interesting squad. Obviously, the Cleveland Cavaliers-owned organization, uh, completely new, so all of the players had to come from somewhere else. Uh, the top lane, they've got Someday from Dignitas, Medios uh, is the jungler from Phoenix One. Ryu joins him from that Phoenix One squad. Cody Sun, uh, the the man who flashed too much at the World Championship uh, for Immortals, and of course Aphromoo, uh, the support from CLG, and they're going to be led by Prawley, the three-time EU LCS coach of the split, because he did no harm, according to Kelsey Moser. So when when you look at this roster, Matt. Uh, what are you excited by? What do you, you think is going to be the most interesting part of this team to watch? I mean, on paper, those side lanes can pretty much stand with any team uh, in the league. That's pretty exciting. That's, I mean, assuming, I mean, Co- Aframu has proven he can play with multiple 80 carries and uh, be good. Let's see. I'm interested to see how Cody Sun does. As far as like changing from Ali to Aframu, uh, I think it, personally to me, I think that's a, a, a trade up just because it's going to be a lot easier to communicate with the team with him with Aframu. The only downside is you're now adding a Korean mid laner and a top laner, which is uh, I'm not something I'm necessarily excited about. But I definitely think on paper having some days your top laner and Aframu and Cody Sun as your bot lane uh, creates two two points of strength that you can you can go from. What about you, Pelka? Uh, overrated is how I mostly am thinking about this roster. I was uh, excited first. I, <laughs> what I, are you excited about? <laughs> like, I, I feel like the, there's a lot of traction for over for 100 Thieves being like, because they've got names that are attractive, but Someday is the only like 100% legit he's going to work out. Unless, I mean, if everything goes wrong, he's still, like, someday you're you're fine in top lane. But Medios, Medios is the questionable, like, work ethic, like, dedication going on. His champion pool hasn't been particularly expansive in a while. 
Cody's son, I think, is not that great and looked better because he had Ole. But Afromu was sort of on a downswing uh, last year. And, like, the the roster, if everything works out, great. It, like, they have the talent, so to speak. But I, I don't think it's going to work out for them. Like, I don't... Probably does not strike me at... Like, he isn't someone who brings out the best in his roster, necessarily. Um, so I don't see that roster really coming together in the way that everyone hopes it will. Uh, that That's where I'm at with 100 years. He could bring out some pretty sick mustache game in Afro. Yeah, it's fair. They've it's fair. got that on point. It's you know it's 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 funny. I, I I'm very excited for this team. Um, I I think definitely more so than you, James. I I think that ultimately for me I I look at this is a team that is going to have those strong sidelines, and we're going to have Ryu being paired back up with Prawley, which is the best that he'd looked in the last few years. Was while he worked under him. Uh, there was a lot more roaming going on. That was his kind of mantra, you know, being there for his side lanes. Uh, there's a clear identity with this team. You look at this roster and you know how they want to play every week. And I, I feel like having an identity that you can build around and play around and, and game plan around, uh, I, I think that helps a lot. Uh, and certainly Akamir is, is smart enough to be able to handle the shot-calling aspects of that. And Medios, of course, has, has built up that experience over the years as well. James, I already know what you're nervous about, so I'm just going to go over to Matt. Burst my bubble here, man. Why is this team not going to live up to what I hope it's going to? So I definitely think it's super questionable uh, in the current state of where like League of Legends as a competitive scene is to have your two weakest players be your jungle mid lane pairing. Like, that's, that just sounds like, like, your bot lane, your top lane can be great, but, like, uh, at this point, it's all about, like, the plays you're making across the map. Uh, and, like, Mios, like, he, I had an interesting discussion with some people, okay? So, uh, who's a better, I, I would ask people who's a better jungler, Mios or Mike Young. People say Mios, I'm just like, but he lost his job to Mike Young. So, it's one of those things where it's just like, Mios is being really overrated by the community right now, and I get it's a nostalgia thing. Um, I think you're being a little looking through some nice rose hue glasses there with Ryu. That suddenly just having Prowley back is going to bring him back to like his glory days. Uh, I agree with Pelka on the Afro front. Uh, he definitely was having some issues last year. I feel like, I mean, he left CLG. I'm inclined to believe that maybe there might have been some internal stuff going on that we just don't know about. Uh, so yeah, so like some days a rock, and you know maybe someday he'll get a good team, but uh, well, <laughs> what I'm looking at right now is that I I I I don't have too much hope for these guys. I I they they scream overrated to me, like Reddit bait. I mean that's that's fair. We've got two guys who are who are down on them. I I don't think that your criticisms are uh, off base. Uh, Medios I think is a concern. I, I don't think I think he is there for stability and off the rift stuff Names. more than he is for anything else, and that's not a great place to be in in a meta in which we have you know so many more imported junglers and everything else come in. I, I'm more excited for Ryu than than you guys seem to be. I, I I do think that there's potential in him, and I don't think he was on a team last year that played to his strengths very well. 
So I, I do think there's some more potential there. And, and certainly um, I, I think that, you know, you, you can make some either it's a back and forth on whether you think that 100 Thieves is going to have a better infrastructure than um, what Dignitas maybe was giving someday last split and, and some of the ups and downs that come there. So there's there are a lot of things that I think could break the right way, but you are absolutely correct that th things will have to break the right way for this roster. And, and it's not something that we can just assume because it's not uh, all of these guys in the prime of their careers back at the version that we like to remember them at. Um, but we're going to move on to the next roster, uh, which is Cloud9. Uh, Cloud9 made two big moves this offseason. Licorice from EU United, the young North American top laner that people have been talking about for a long time, finally makes his way into the league. Uh, and Sven Skarin from TSM as uh, contracts move on. Uh, to a team we'll talk about later. Everyone else, Jensen, Sneaky, Smoothie, Reaper, they're exactly what you remember. Uh, the core of Cloud9 is clearly there. So, Pelka, I'll start with you this time. What are you excited about for this Cloud9 roster? Licorice, mostly. Uh, he's shown a lot of promise in the Challenger scene, and I'm interested to see uh, where he stacks up uh, now that he is in the big leagues, so to speak. I... I'm not super high on this roster. Sneaky had a very down year, and Sven Skarin for contracts is just I don't I don't get it. They I from what I understand, they were eyeing someone else and just sort of fell backwards into Sven Skarin, which to me is a major mismanagement because why would you get rid of contracts so early if you don't have your other options like set in stone a uh, contract already written? So <laughs> but the team, the, the, the team has too much talent to, to like just fall flat on its face. But the Jensen is a player that I, uh, I can I, I respect his skill, but he he isn't uh, he doesn't carry a team in the way that I, I necessarily uh, uh, put much faith in like consistently being able to do it, especially with like a worse roster. So I, I I see this as a rebuilding uh, split for for Cloud Nine especially, but I'm excited to see where Licorice gets himself going. Yeah, I mean you know people forget Cloud Nine has had rebuilding splits every now and then. We have seen splits in which uh, what was it the uh, there was a summer split where they got seventh, which was just barely enough that they got in the gauntlet and then had the reverse sweeps all the way into Worlds. It it, it can happen. Um, you know we we can't just you know, we, we, I think we tend to pencil Cloud9 in for their top two or top four playoff spots at the very least, and that's something that we'll, we'll have to see. Where, where are you falling on that, Matt? How are you feeling about this team after all the moves that they've made? Well, I mean, I'm a TSM fan, so I've seen the more since Fence Karen that I'd really like to see. And uh, I guess... You know, heading into the offseason, it was all this excitement about the potential of all the players that might be coming to uh, NA and how he might end up some with some really good rosters. And the best Cloud9 could come up with was like a, like a Spence Garen and like a quote unquote up and coming, uh, like player, I guess, in Licorice. And I just feel like. Maybe they could. I still like. There's something like, like, there's like seven teams I really wish X Smith was on instead of the Junkrat. It's the 
Um, but liquid money to uh, wait, right? Liquid money, liquid money. Did I get that right? Liquid yeah, money. liquid money. Liquid money. When in yeah. doubt, liquid money. So, so I guess to me, I'm just like this. Just screams of another Cloud Nineteen that just doesn't quite have that little extra bit to get it over the hump. Like, I don't see how this roster is better than last year. I, 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 don't, I don't think it is. Um, so I guess my other thing for me is the the only, like, potential, like, saving grace potential is if Svenskaren somehow, if that narrative that's been crafted by Reddit fanboys the last two years, that somehow is TSM messing up Svenskaren's play style was actually true, which I... I if, even if it was, I mean, how do you get that back? But if he really can just suddenly go back to being that super aggressive, like, uh, aggro jungler, then maybe he and Jensen would make an interesting pairing. Um, but instead, I just see all those times Fence Garen goes into the jungle and dies, and Jensen's not the player, the type of player that Bjergsen is, to be able to kind of go in there and save his ass. Jensen doesn't leave lane like that. I don't know. Jensen's going to have to make some changes as a player to be... Uh, able to act, like successfully back up Spence Garen when he does make those uh, miscalculated plays, and and that's something that like I I think we've seen with how Contracts was on that team when Cloud9 was at their best they were going out of their way to make sure Contracts was ahead. I think Spence Garen, at least from a playstyle perspective, is very similar. You give Spence Garen a lead, he is a significantly better Spence Garen than a Spence Garen that feels like you have to try things to catch back up and feels uncomfortable playing well behind. So I, I do think that that is, from, from a systemic perspective, I think this Cloud9 team is going to play a lot like the Cloud9 team we saw last year with Licorice kind of stepping up into the do-whatever-we-need-you-to-do role and, and Spence Garen being put in the, in the same role the contract is there. Even if at this point of their career, I would probably want contracts over Svenskaren, but, you know, at least the system should keep going. And that is valuable in and of itself in a split in which a whole bunch of people are, you know, with all these new players, new contracts, new combinations of things. Stability can reign in, in a split like this and certainly help out a little bit. I also, just because I want to be that academy guy, um, Wiggly's real good. I don't know that Wiggly's going to be ready by the end of the spring split by any means, but if Svenskaren is as bad as we fear, you know, there's no relegation after the spring split. You reload for summer, and maybe Wiggly's ready by then. Maybe he's had enough time in the gaming house to, to kind of coach that up. So I, people who are terrified of Svenskaren, I, I, I think that that light at the end of the tunnel should be there. Oh, it's not like he's horrendous. It's just that if you have yeah. tunnel aspirations... <laughs> You should be doing better than Spence Garen. That's that's fair. Right? Like there is some teams uh, in the NLCS where Spence Garen could be one of their top or two, one or two players, which might say more about their rosters than Spence Garen. But yeah, let's let's go on. Let's go on to another roster here. Uh, Clutch Gaming is our third team today. Uh, this is a team that's uh, obviously owned by the Houston Rockets. A very interesting team to look at. A combination of names from. Uh, all over the place. The majority of them are envious players. Uh, Lyra, the jungler, uh, Apollo and Hakuo in the bot lane, uh, all coming over from envious. Uh, 
For the rest of the roster, though, you have Solo from Goldcoin United, which is an interesting choice, if nothing else. A uh, guy who, who is kind of, you know, maybe the third best uh, top laner in Challenger last split, but they seem to have a, a lot of idea of how they want to use him. Uh, Fabiven, of course, from H2K. A uh, big playmaker there that they're going to be adding to the mid lane. And Coach David Lim, who you might remember as the one sane person in Breaking Point uh, back in the 2016 <laughs> Liquid documentary. Uh, he was coaching their academy team last split uh, and is a guy who has been waiting for a head coaching spot for a while now. This is a guy that I think people are very excited to see finally take that next step. Uh, Matt. What are your thoughts on this team? It, we, we are clearly not excited, nervous. Just throw it all at me at once. Yeah, it seems we to be flowing better. That, that plan lasted just, like one team. Just, just give it to me, man. Where are your thoughts on this Clutch Gaming roster? So, okay, so Clutch Falls, I feel like there's like four or five teams in the NLCS this year that have like two players that are like, wow, this is a great core to build from. And then the other three, I'm just like, hmm, okay. Yeah, they could have done better than that. So in theory, Lyra and Febivin is a great way to build, is a great starting point to build a team from, right? Uh, I, I talked to people who think Lyra is like one of the two or three best players in the West. Uh, that's That might be a jump, but uh, uh, many people are very high on Lyra, and I think a, a few people, in fact, I think uh, Chase might blow them, think he's the best jungler in North America uh, right now. Um, and Febvin, obviously, while he had a bit of his, you know, greatest EU, upcoming EU mid laner thing stolen by Perks, is a is a good mid laner. So Lear and Febvin make a great core. Uh, a lot of people like Hakuho. I guess my big issue is like Apollo, you, you just, you know who Apollo is, right? He's kind of like the Alex Smith of 80 carries. Right? He's never going to be awesome, and he's never going to be awful. He's just going to go out there and go pew, 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 kill a few people, and uh, you'll probably wish you had a better quarterback. Um, and then, I guess, yeah, just two great players, two players where I'm just like, why are they here? And then Hako's in there. Um, honestly, I haven't seen enough from play to really comment on that. This is a team that's definitely screaming. I'm, like, fighting for the, like, sixth slot type of thing. Like they're not, the roster is not strong enough to to fight for, uh, like, the spring split title. How do, how do you feel about that, James? I disagree. <laughs> I think definitely a playoff roster. Hakuo is a monster. He's so good, and he's going to be so much better. That like, so so solo is the question. Solo is, is this a playoff roster or is this a championship roster? Is pretty it's it's pretty much can Solo do what Hakuo asks, which is I think mostly just don't die while we're doing other stuff, <laughs> which Seraph couldn't do very well. <laughs> uh, so that's that's really the question. But like the jungle down. I think this is as good a roster as any in uh, North America. It's a fantastic oh. roster. <laughs> Lyra Febivin Hakuho is fantastic, and Apollo is... The Alex Smith uh, analogy works, but I think also you're underselling Alex Smith in that 
he's when you give him the tool like he is not a player who rises above himself but when you give him the tools he can take advantage of them when you let apollo get through laning phase and just get to team fights kill team fight he'll kill people he'll do damage and he won't die super fast so as like your fourth best player he's great he's awesome i think He's going to end up, like, if you're comparing them to rosters which you think are going to be among the best in North America, I think having Apollo as your AD carry is is just as good as having Mike Young as your jungler. Um, so I'm really excited for the Clutch Gaming roster. I think they're going to be super competitive, and I, I can't wait to see what Lyra and Febbin do, especially. Yeah, I, I tend to lean more with Pelka here a bit. I like this Clutch Gaming roster a lot. Uh, I wish I liked it a little bit more than I do. I, I have concerns about Solo. Uh, I, I think that ultimately in a, a league that has brought so much imported talent, uh, having a clear weak point that you can uh, target as an opponent is something that could potentially hurt them in a best of five series. And it's not like they're gonna have a lot of practice in best ofs making adjustments because they're now in a best of one split. So I, I think that that, unfortunately, could play against a, a guy like Solo, who I think just needs a little bit more seasoning. Uh, but you, you brought up he just needs to not die. Uh, if you look at his uh, performance in the uh, summer split uh, on the, in the Challenger scene, he averaged about 2.54 deaths per game, which is slightly above what you would expect for an average top laner, but nowhere near as bad as Seraph was. Um, you know, so, so certainly uh, there is a, a great argument to be had that this is a guy who will make fewer mistakes. And I think that when you look at the mid laners, while I, I liked Niski and what he ended up doing, I think Fabivin's better equipped to capitalize on those opportunities. And I think that Hakko is real good. I think Hakko is a, maybe my favorite support in North America to watch, if only because Biofrost, who I think is as good, uh, broke my heart. The last time I saw him have an amazing series. You mean uh, when he single-handedly knocked Immortals out of the... Yeah, yeah, that one. That one where I was like, I, I was literally... Both, the knife. I, I was there live, uh, as Pelka can, can attest, and I was okay. with my cousin, and I, I remember distinctly looking over to her and feeling like, oh my god, I can't believe that just happened. Like, this really sucks for us, but also that's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was that mix of disbelief and sadness. you guys. It wasn't, it, it wasn't ideal, but Hakuo is ideal. If I were to make a list of what I want in a support, Hakuo does all the things that I want. Uh, certainly Honestly, the best in lane No one's talking support. about it, but the support talent in A, this split's actually pretty great. It's great. look at it. Yeah. Like, it's not a talking point you're seeing. People are talking about other lanes. But you have, you have Bio, you have Afro, you have Adrian, you have Ole, you have uh, Mithy. Um, I mean, there's... A decent collection of supports in here. Yeah, I, I think all but uh, all but two of them I feel very good about. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun team to watch. I hope that they live up to their potential. Um, uh, certainly, they have a, a coaching staff behind the scenes that I think is gonna be helping there as well. So it'll be interesting to see how quickly they can adapt and make the most of things. We're gonna move Super on to, curious the next to see team. where you guys have them ranked. Super we'll, curious. We'll uh, we'll find out later on in the pod. We've got some more teams to talk about. So let's uh, let's get into those. Uh, next up is is Counter Logic Gaming. Uh, unfortunately, their brilliant move 
uh, to name their uh, academy team Otto and Phil uh, in the bot lane. Uh, we can't talk about today, but we can talk about uh, Rainover coming in from Team Liquid, uh, being the replacement for Omar God, who's going back for more seasoning, which I think anyone who watched Omar God play can say is Thank the God. Right call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, look, he did, God, Omar he, Mortal. He, he did the best in a situation he never should have been thrown into. Um, I hope that he does better with some more seasoning. I also hope that Biofrost is going to be fun to watch on this team as I think he's going to. Biofrost and 6A seems like a very great bot lane. Biofrost, of course, coming from TSM, uh, the aforementioned breaker of my hopes and dreams. So I, I want to start with you here, Pelka. How do you think these changes uh, help CLG? Uh, heading into this split? Or do you think they help CLG, ultimately? I, I'm a fan of what they did. Uh, going out and getting other players is not what CLG's known for, but they pretty much got the best that you could possibly hope for in this in the situation. Biofrost is just a casualty of TSM wanting to bring in Mithy, and so that's a great pickup. Uh, things with Aphromoo apparently were just not going to work out long-term. So getting Biofrost is a great pickup, and Rainover especially is great. Darshan, the resurgent year last year, played really well um, at the at the uh, last split, and Rainover is someone who is well versed in I need to get my top laner fed, and we're gonna play through there. And so that's 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 where I see CLG going is 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 leaning even more so on all right, we're gonna play through Darshan, and we actually have the tools to do that. Versus like a, a hundred thieves who wants to play through someday, but Medios is not known for carrying other people. Uh, place. <laughs> so I'm 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 a big fan of of what they've got going. Who he is still perpetually sort of underrated, despite being one of the better mid laners in North America last split. Uh, Stixay did not have a great great split, but I think uh, with the rejuvenated bot lane with the new support will will work out great. <laughs> I, I, I agree with a lot of what you just said. I want to hear from Matt before I give my full input. Matt, what are you thinking? Uh, I think Biofrost's great pickup. He he somewhat encompasses a similar type of player uh, that Afro tried to be. You know, those kind of like melee type engage supports. So that should be a pretty smooth transition for Stixay. And whenever you can get a player that's equally good or better, but a lot younger, it's always a good thing. Um... Frost brings a lot of energy. Um, I think Afro might have been just getting a little bit burnt, uh, burnt out. Um, the Rainover pickup is good. Though I think he might... Part of what he always brought to Mortals was the fact he was kind of like that, that language bridge between the members of the roster. So when we had Rainover on, te on other teams, he, he was a little bit hit or miss sometimes. So I'm not quite as high on Rainover being there as Pelk is, so I do think it's... I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's a solid pickup. Again, CLG has always been a team that even with this MSG money, he's operated within, like, self-imposed, like, financial restraints. Um, I'm also not quite as rosy on Darshan. Um, I guess I just keep ex expecting a split where Darshan is just going to fall apart. And I could see that coming any day. Like, if you told me at the end of the split that Darshan, like, just fell off the rails, I'd believe you. Told me Darshan carried 
uh, CLG to a top two finish, I believe. He's just still, to me, that type of player where uh, he's at almost like a crossroads in career where I'm not quite sure where he's going. Um, I'm slowly being won over on the who he trained by all you people who just seem to love the guy with his ability to kind of uh, affect the the game outside of his own lane because the, his, his laning is not his strength. Um, and I think on a team like this where you could potentially have uh, a good uh, top jungle duo and a good bot lane where Huhi's ability to just kind of make these cross-map plays with his unique champion pool like the Aurelian Souls of the world uh, could result in a team that does better than I think some are going to peg them for. Yeah, there are, there are a lot of good pieces here. Uh, I, I think, you know, you guys brought up Darshan. I, I think that ultimately the question is going to be, is this spring Darshan or summer Darshan from 2017? You know, there was that, that streak of games that started with Darshan throwing away that game five against FlyQuest in the 2016 summer playoffs and then pervaded through the next split. And then last split, he had the best KDA of all top laners in North America, most kills per game of all top laners in North America without sacrificing a ton from kill percentage, second best in lane. He did a lot right. And I think that we're still adjusting to that swing back, but also that doesn't mean the 2017 spring went away. Right, you know, those both of those things can be true. It can be true that maybe we're not giving Darshan enough credit, and I think the All Pro votes didn't give him enough credit for what he did in the summer. I also understand the concerns, and I, I'm concerned about Rainover. I, I don't, I, I, I know that he's been a, a great player in the past. I think that his greatest asset has been his ability to speak both English and Korean, and therefore work as this in-game leader and translator on the Rift that adds utility that allows you to bring in imports and, and trust that you can make that work uh, there are no korean players on clg that's, that's a role that is not needed and so all we can judge rain over for on this roster is his mechanical play and i don't think he did a lot to impress on team liquid now liquid was a, a mess for a whole bunch yeah. of reasons there's there's a problem liquid just burns money and so i i i i, I I tend to think of it as he was a victim of being on Team Liquid, like many others have been, more so than that. Like that's his skill level to be assumed. Yeah. And, and and that's very possible. That I think is going to be the key deciding factor to me as to how far this team goes. We know who he's good. We know Stixay is real good, and pairing him with Biofrost is going to be a very fun bot lane to watch. It's going to be the consistency of the of Darshan and Rainover that are really going to decide how far that team can go. Uh, we're going to move on to the next roster, uh, a roster that uh, it is an established team, but it might as well have been a new team because it's an entirely new set of players. You've got uh, Echo Fox here, Rick Fox's team, a team that people were wondering, are they going to get let in with franchising? The answer is yes. They're going to get Huni from SK Telecom making his way back over to North America um, after a... Uh, up and down series of games in, in Korea, though, of course, uh, on the Korean scale, right? Uh, people always like, about, oh, man, Huni struggled. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm the second best team in the world. Like, we've got to keep these things in comparison. But it's still, he's back in North America. Uh, Dardock is on this roster from Team Liquid. Phoenix, the mid laner from Goldcoin United, previously on Team Liquid, uh, is when LCS fans probably remember him last. Alltech, the AD carry from FlyQuest. Adrian coming in to support 
from Dignitas and Eniro, uh, the former Tainted Minds coach, uh, a guy that people have loved behind the scenes for a while, getting his chance to, to coach a team in the main roster here. Uh, Matt, when you saw this roster come together, what were your thoughts? Where do you stand on how this unit has been assembled? So can we get like a hard knock for these guys for like the season? Because this is going to be freaking great. You guys know what hard knocks is, right? Yeah, break, Breaking Point 2.0, if, if yeah. they wanted to do it, I want to be My, in the Echo Fox house right now. Once the official roster, roster was out, I was... Uh, so, Froggen took the split off, right? Now, imagine we're talking about this roster, and it's who need Dardek, Frog, and I'll take eight. I, I'd be hyped as hell right now. I'd be like, this is great. Instead, we get... Uni, Dardic, Phoenix, Altic, Adrian, like, and I feel like I'm getting... <sighs> this this roster is really hard to judge, because I could I could, could be awesome. Uh, even though I think Phoenix is a weak link, uh, Dardoch could blow up in people's faces, but that Dardoch-Huni combo, I think, is going to cause some, like, really crazy, like, just top lane, like, double tower deep dives that are just going to be awesome to watch. Um... Uh, this is the team I was most torn on because part of me wanted to put them like third and part of me wanted to put them like ninth. I couldn't put them tenth for reasons I'll explain later. <laughs> so I guess Tessie strong uh, strong bot lane. Uh, Altec Adrian's a pairing that I think people wanted a lot. Uh, Huni Dardoch makes it. It's it's a really aggressive pair. So if they hit it off well, that. It's going to be fantastic. If they don't hit it off, it's going to be an utter disaster. So the entire story of this team is it's either going to be an utter disaster or it's going to be awesome. So it depends on which what you're leaning towards. Do you lean towards utter disaster or awesome? Where, where do you lean, Pelka? I, I lean sort of in the middle ground in that I think that like, the amount of talent on the roster is explosive enough that like I I fully believe that th I fully believe this team could get perfect game and perfect game someone during the course of the split like easily that could yep. that could end up happening like back um, to back <laughs> I think <laughs> I think they're actually I they might be better off with Phoenix than if they had held on to Froggen because that's just another one more like really stubborn personality to deal with um as i'd feel feel sad for quiet boy Alltech trying to deal with all of that um actually well adrian too i i, I get the sense that Alltech and adrian work well because they're both very low-key background individuals and they just let other people sort of do a lot of the uh personality for a team uh so i mean I don't like Phoenix. Like I've never <laughs> liked Phoenix very much. He's uh, not good. He's uh, like aggressively mediocre for the most part. Um, with with uh, he's got a champion or two. That's that's fine. That's great. But uh, I, I'm I'm not overall fan. But I think the roster will work better with him. This is definitely a roster that's designed around. Huni and Dardock are going to carry every game, and uh, hopefully, uh, 
Pony has lost some of his English while he's been in Korea, so that he doesn't have to list, like, he can just let more of what Dardock is yelling bounce off of him as time goes on. <laughs> I I was actually really disappointed. Uh, I remember seeing, like, the Dardock announcement, include Dardock um, was talking about, uh, like, the, the perspective changes he's had. And it struck me as like he like he got the wrong things that he were taken away from. Uh, he was like, "Oh, I just like I need to bend over for my teammates more." And it's like, no, that that's that's also not what you need. Like, I want him to be. I'm the best. I'm going to carry. You just have to realize that like not everyone is like by most accounts just like a prodigious talent, a prodigious like he, I. I'm told that it's not just a mechanical skill. Like, he is an excellent thinker of the game, but he just, he can't get over the fact that other people don't see the things that he sees, and he sort of, he needs to have that change of perspective, and then things will be great, but he, he took the wrong things uh, from from his uh, previous experiences. But so I, I see the Echo Fox roster flailing for the most part i don't see it working fantastic but um yeah i i it can only fail so bad because who is gonna be able to carry some games on this yeah like they'll 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 they'll, they'll fall into wins they won't mean to like they'll they'll counterpick themselves and then just be like oh i don't know i killed them all right cool this feels like it's yeah, this feels like a team that's going to do really well in the first four weeks, and everyone's going to be super hype, and then suddenly things are going to turn, and people, are, you know, other teams will figure themselves out, and the individual carry performances won't matter so much. I, I have a couple problems with this roster, the way it's assembled. Number one, uh, Phoenix wasn't good enough to play in the Challenger Series last split. Like, remember, he was benched for Fly, who they felt the need to import to try to get themselves to the next level, because despite having the best KDA in, in North American Challenger, Goldcoin United didn't have a lot of faith in him. That I consider to be his concern. Um, I also, you know, I, people talk about Dardock um, from his skill, uh, skill set a lot, um, and, and I understand where that comes from. I will also say, having rooted for him for a whole split as an Immortals fan and, and seeing how CLG played out, He's just not the same player game in and game out. If his first game goes well, he is a very different player than if it doesn't. He doesn't seem to have that, you know, like you said, the takeaway should not have been, hey, I need to be doing more for my teammates to make them happy. It should be, hey, if things go wrong in the early game, I can still recover and be okay as long as I adjust with my teammates and let them help me out when they need to instead of tunnel visioning in and then trying way too hard to make the next two or three plays because you feel the need to make up for it. And honestly, my biggest concern isn't even with him. It's with the uh, manager who had an interview recently uh, who's, when he said, uh, you know, when it came to Dardock's attitude issues that have been cited on team after team, uh, hey, winning fixes everything. First of all, no, it doesn't. Second of all, he was winning on CLG a lot and it didn't fix everything. And three, no, it doesn't. So I just, I, I can't. I, I, that, that's I, a euphemism. That, that, that's in every sport they say that crap. Yeah, but I don't, like, 
If if you're like if I'm supposed to believe that this is an Echo Fox team that will be better managed than the last two years we've seen, a team that is going to have prepared their players to an extent to actually get to the playoffs, to be a consistent power to maintain game in game out some level of uh, of tangible consistency. I want to understand that my I want to hear that the organization understands what the difficulties they're going to face are going to be. I don't want to hear the platitudes of like, oh yeah, we'll win and it'll be fine. I, that hasn't been the case for you guys. And in previous situations, that's not how it worked out with him. So give me something else. Tell me that you had a conversation with him about how his mentality changed in a way that you understand. Or tell me that you have a Nero who understands exactly what that type of player is like and they feel like they're better equipped to handle him than any other thing. There are a lot of things that you could say. The winning fixes everything argument to me is is a sign that Echo Fox built this roster with the idea of throw as much talent on it as we can fit and see what works. And historically, those do not do very well at the LCS stage. With the super teams like that, quote unquote, uh, let's remember Alliance back in Europe back in the day, right? Like that's they're, not they're not even the best super team that was put together this year, like from scratch. So Yeah. Dodox, there's going to be a game where Dodox's going to get super pissed at Phoenix, and then it's just going to be a shit show from there. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> there's going to be at least one. And, and look, I, for the record, um, Echo Fox fans who are listening, I'd love to be wrong. I want to be on the record. I would love to, to be wrong and have Dardock prove that he's taken a mental step forward. You know, he is young. Young people grow up. I would love to see that. And I would love to see this team live up to the potential that's there on paper. I can just only base my prediction ultimately on what we've seen and what we've seen is uh, a lot of these guys have had issues with teammates on previous losses we didn't even talk about adrian right who got kicked off of phoenix one in the middle of the spring split inexplicably <laughs> because he couldn't get along with arrow when they were winning you, you by the said, way he, yeah like, Helga <laughs> threw me off when he said that adrian was mellow and just kind of went with the pack because i'm pretty sure there's like multiple like short lcs clips where they interview the players where adrian literally goes full double and just says everyone <laughs> to stretch yeah, he, uh, his mellowness is sometimes uh uh maybe too mellow, mellow i think uh, for people uh, uh some people know what i'm saying there we're gonna move on uh fly quest FlyQuest, my new favorite team, because... I'm excited for Immortals Reborn. Yes, all hail our Lord and Savior Flame. May he reach the horizon forever. Uh, he is coming over from Immortals. Uh, so is Onda, who was a, a backup uh, jungler, young guy, who's going to be making his premiere on the LCS stage. Uh, Stunt joins as well, a guy that I really liked in what he did with Phoenix One in the spring split, and I think has done well in, in limited... Uh, stints on the LCS stage in the past. Now he's getting that full-time starting job. Uh, they're also pairing him with Fly, uh, the Gold Coin United uh, mid laner previously on KT Rolster, i.e. that guy who can't lane at all, but afterwards is pretty good. Uh, and then Wild Turtle, who I think speaks for himself, is the only part that's returning back here. And head coach Robert Yip, the strategic coach for Immortals, uh, that immortal staff, a lot of people drew on that when they could this offseason, which I think was a very good play. Um, so uh, as a fellow Immortals fan here, Pelican, you're in the jersey now, which mm -hmm. I, I greatly appreciate. I, I had to wear the red shirt because I get crap every year. You know, you're the red shirt king, but you never wear a red shirt. So I had to get that <laughs> done. But you're rocking the Immortals gear. How do you feel about uh, this FlyQuest roster? 
I feel the Flaff Curse Waster is going to surprise uh, a lot of uh, casual fans uh, going in. Uh, Anda and Stunt are not very well-known names. And Fly isn't particularly uh, either. Uh, but they're going to do great, I, I, I'm pretty sure. Um, Anda and Stunt were both talents that, by every account I've heard... Um, in and outside of the Immortals organization, uh, could have and should have been LCS starters last year. And it just, you were, like, I know was stuck behind Ick Smithy, and there's not much you can do. Ick Smithy might be the best jungler in, in North America, or at least the best one to build a team around, uh, given his shot-calling um, ability. And Stun is also, like, a fantastic player. I think this roster is going to uh, do really well. Uh, Fly is... Probably the biggest question mark for me. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of people would look to, at Wild Turtle that way, but you you know what you're getting with Wild Turtle at this point, which is over aggression. That's always going to be the case. Um, but when Wild Turtle is on, he's upper half. He's 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 in the upper echelon of North American eighty carries. He's still really talented. He's just perhaps plays like he's more talented than he is sometimes. But he's a very, like, he's a workable player. He's far from the worst player that a, a team has, like, like, kept on a roster. Um, so I'm really excited for uh, Mortals, uh, what they're going to do. Or FlyQuest. <laughs> yeah, Mortals. look, man, it's okay. Mortals Reborn. It, it, to... it, it makes me feel better. You know, I, I'm still definitely in the denial stage of this whole franchising side of things. Um, so I, I, I get you wholeheartedly there on that slip-up. Matt, are, are you feeling the, the uh, FlyQuest love? Okay, well, for starters, this roster is, like, strictly worse than last year's. And it sounded to me like Pelic was arguing that this roster might be better than last year's. I personally see them have kept being... Granted, I'm not an Immortals fan, so I don't have quite the understanding of Anda as someone who, who's more familiar with the organization might, or more familiar with the challenge scene, challenger scene might. I mean, I certainly get the points about Wild Turtle. Uh, if there's anything Wild Turtle's been throughout his career, he's, like, prodigious at putting out damage. Like, he does do all that stupid stuff, but when you look at his damage numbers every single split, he, if you get him to the team fight and he doesn't do something stupid, he is going to out-damage every other player on the team fight. He's very good at that. That's his as thing. long as the team fight doesn't start with him, you're great. Right, because he deals a ton of damage, and that's always been Wild Turtle's thing. He just has to, right, exactly. As long as he's not flashing in for, like, some Varus ultimate, hoping he can pick someone off, he's fine. Um, I guess, I, I just feel like you guys are being a little roast you, because you got the three Immortals players on there, and, you know, Stunted Onda could be good, but the thing is, if Stunted, Stunted Onda aren't the player you've kind of advertised them to be or people in the org think this roster could very easily be quite bad right the worst case scenario for this roster is not great there's no sure thing like if i were to if look at this roster like is there a sure thing top 10 player in the league on this roster i don't think there is i mean flame was arguably the best top player <laughs> in the league in the summer split but yeah sure other than that uh, yeah, but like, but of... you have to look at the talent that's in the league now because you've added people like Poe. Um, uh, yeah, I just I don't think 
I don't think the talent is there on this roster. When you we look at some of the roster, other rosters you already looked at, um, and maybe Robert Yip can make something out of it that I'm just not expecting. Um, I'm certainly not going to discount that because, again, we're kind of beyond the point where it's just sheer talent is all that matters. I do want to throw it out there. I am aware that while Robert Yip is the head coach, uh, Rapid Star is actually the strategic coach that's going to be working for them. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Another another great guy to have. We, one of these days, like we've really got to have a, a conversation about uh, what coaching staffs are like nowadays and how much we want to give credit to different things because there are a lot of different schools of thought out there, and, and I find the whole conversation fascinating. Um, I I like this FlyQuest team. I wrote an article about them uh, that I'm going to put in the uh, description of this video. Uh, on uh, I, I, I put in the uh, a lot of puns for flying high because of course I did um, I I like the young players a lot I, I think Onda um, has hit high challenger everywhere he's been when they did the Korean boot camp he was one of the first players of, of all the guys over there to hit challenger um, cl- individually talented clearly when you, know, you look across the numbers and in a range uh, wide enough range of things but but most importantly to me uh, it this is a team built with a purpose uh, all of these players are guys who are uh, who are willing to make aggressive moves in the mid to late game. They're they're going to be willing to to take those fights to to pick those uh, champions off. You know, Stunt is very much wired that way. When you look at the champions that he's been uh, mostly practicing on, Onda very much loves the hard carry kind of, of junglers. When you look at his solo stuff, Wild Turtle obviously we know that. We've seen Flame play a lot of those guys in the past. He's a lane bully at his heart. So you're going to see FlyQuest is going to be bringing the fight to a lot of people. And early on in the split, there's a risk there, right? Because Onda and Stunt are not as experienced. And Fly certainly um, seems like he's still not quite up to, you know, what we would want ideally from uh, an NA mid at this time when you look at the rest of his competition. I think he's going to struggle, especially in lane. But I think this is a team with a lot higher upside than the... Uh, rosters that I would put under them. I think that if Onda and Stunt, as these young guys, grow over the course of the split, and I have no reason to believe that they wouldn't, especially with the coaching staff that FlyQuest has on display, this is a team that's going to be getting better and better as the season goes on. So I go back and forth in my head a lot over whether they're going to get to that point quickly enough to make the playoffs. Uh, But I think regardless of what they ultimately do in spring, I think this is going to be a team that people should be watching out for in the summer split. This team is going to take steps forward with these young guys, and I think they're going to be very scary uh, when the summer split rolls around, if nothing else. Um, but we're going we're gonna to move on to a team that I, I have a... This is probably the team I have the hardest time getting excited for. Um, this is the Golden Guardians, the uh, Golden State Warriors team. A uh, lot of guys on this roster, obviously, that we, uh, you know, it's a whole new team, so they're all coming from different places. Uh, Lorlo from Team Liquid coming in the top lane. Contracts, this is where he ended up from Cloud9. He's probably the guy that people are going to be most excited to watch, uh, kind of see if he can continue that growth that he had uh, in 2017. High in the mid lane, guaranteed shot caller there. Uh, insert best shot caller NA memes as you'd like here. Uh, Deftly from E United, a guy that I think deserves to be on the LCS stage, and I'm glad he's getting that shot. 
and uh, Matt from Team Liquid, coached by Breaking Point star Loco Doco, um, <laughs> a guy who, you know, it, it, there's, there's a lot there um, that we'll have to kind of figure out uh, exactly where he is as a coach compared to some of the other guys that we see across the board at this time. Uh, Pelka, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on this Golden Guardians roster? Is this team better than the average Redditor is giving them credit for? I mostly just feel sorry for contracts when I look at this roster. He is a talented player with potential, and he's just not on a good roster. (laughs) Uh, Deftly is fine, I guess. And uh, there might be some interesting things going on with High. Uh, High was, uh, to my understanding, at least in part responsible for Moon looking better than he has in a while. Uh, so there could be some interesting things going on there for contracts. He might he might learn some uh, pathing and, 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 and decision-making from High, but that's about all of <laughs> Like, it's not a good roster. Uh, Matt is... Uh, just continually looked worse and worse uh, since his since his first split. Lorlo is just Lorlo. he's another guy that's just aggressively mediocre. Year <laughs> of Lorlo, boys. <laughs> um. So I don't. So I don't. Bad. I don't see like how they win. I don't. I don't see what the like. All right, we're gonna. Play through high, I guess. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know what their plan is with this roster. I don't, I, I don't, I don't get it. They're bad. What, 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 be bad. Yeah. How do you feel, Matt? Do you, do you do you get it? Tell us what we're missing. There's, there's a lot of. With most of these rosters here, you could like jump through through jump through a few like mental hoops and like find some argument to make where they could be decent and I, I don't I ran out of hoops man I ran out of hoops to jump through I can't get there that said I you know I think though I think they're gonna win some games uh just like the, the argument you guys just made with uh um fly quest I could definitely see Golden Guardian just kind of coming out there and early on in the season and high just doing some of his high bullshit and uh I'm snagging a win or two uh, from some other teams, actually. I wonder, I'm curious to see who they play in the first week. Uh, their first week schedule, uh, because we just asked, they play Clutch Gaming, and then they play Cloud9. That's not a little a, rough. Yeah, that's not great. If, you, if you're Not great. Not great if you're trying to get off to a quick start. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I guess I'm on board with what Pelk said, where it's just the town isn't isn't there, like, at all. I just, I don't know, man, I just have this feeling, just, just like, I don't want to bet against High, man. I don't know, I feel like he'll find a way to make this not the worst team to split in the split in the, in the league. That's yeah. about as best I, best I can say for it, is I think High will find a way to make it so they won't be 10th. You know, and, and uh, honestly, if you want evidence for that, uh, you point to FlyQuest in 2017, which was yeah, a roster I mean, that none of us were very excited about heading into the spring split. He, he is carried equal, if not worse. He's found a way to make... 
he has shined. I think he has shined some man. Okay, he has shined them pretty good. So maybe, I mean, contracts might be the best player he's had to work with in a while. Really, yeah, I, you know, that, absolutely. That's, actually, yeah. So who he might be able to just get some, you know, clever stuff. And if I'm trying to jump through those hoops to find a story where they're not awful, I guess Matt and Duffy could stand. Could like be good enough to just be average and not like be so bad where they just lose games before high can even do any of his stuff and maybe Lorlo is like maybe they're just we're using the wrong mind calendar and this year's the year's Lorlo like maybe you know the rapture they predicted like four times they just keep pushing it back saying oh we we had the wrong calendar maybe just every few years we're gonna be like oh we just had the wrong calendar this is the year of Lorlo yeah, you know. I don't know, man. I don't think they're going to be the worst team in the league. Actually, I just—it's just something in my head just says, you know what? I don't think, I don't think they're going to be the worst team in the league. I I will say this. I, I think High deserves credit for what he does, which is shot calling on the rift, understanding of the game. I don't think anyone doubts his knowledge, uh, or his ability to kind of teach people step by step. You know, we we hear, you know, High certainly seems to have helped Moon. Uh, guys like X Smithy have done really well with helping players like Cody Sun. Like, there's value there intrinsically. And if High can like teach Deathly and Matt how they need to play out that landing phase and shore up some of the de- uh, you know kind of weaknesses that both of them have had over their careers, uh, that would go a long way, and that would be valuable enough in and of itself. I really don't like Loco Doco as a head coach, man. That's the part that like I he on a week to week basis in the LCS. If, if my goal is, hey, let's build up some young guys and definitely, and, you know, contracts is still only in his second year. Matt is still a guy who certainly he needs mental, uh, he, he needs some help uh, getting back up uh, after years of being beat down now on that liquid roster where he was kind of used as a punching bag uh, for a lot of different problems. Uh, Loco's not the guy I want in charge of that. That's not the guy that fills me with confidence to maneuver all of those difficult social situations and, and everything. The one thing I'll say in Logo Doko's favor, and we, we, we can transition from there, is he's been a head coach, mm-hmm. which is not something you can say for uh, a certain French coach we'll get to hey, shortly. Yeah, let's, let's get right into it. Uh, Optic Gaming is our... our Who is he? he? He was a caster for the French League. Yep. He That's was a something. French caster. Uh, yeah, and, and he, by the way, Sorry, is uh, Zabutin, uh, for those of you who uh, don't have all of these sheets in front of you. Uh, that sounds like a weird French food that I wouldn't want to eat. Yeah, I, it wouldn't be the thing I it's, would jump to on the menu. It's most of the sounds of poutine, which I think is what you're going for. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and, I mean, we'll, we'll see whether they can live up to the, the glory of, uh, of poutine. We've got uh, a roster here, mix, mix mash of a lot of different... Uh, teams, you got Zig from Phoenix One uh, in the top lane. Acadian, your jungler from Echo Fox. Uh, Power of Evil, your mid laner from Misfits. That's the big one. Uh, the Traitor, as all of the internet was quick to say. How dare he go to a roster that's going to make him a whole bunch of money uh, and shore up his career for the long run. Uh, Arrow for Phoenix One. Uh, Lemon Nation from FlyQuest. And uh, that Zabutin is uh, a coach who's never done any coaching or even analyst work for a team right like it's all been casting if i understand yeah. correctly uh P- Pelican, it could be freak yeah, f- okay 
that's not I'm not sure that makes me feel better. Like that's not like oh man, well thank goodness they at least could, could you, at least I know Freak could do the math. Could you could you imagine Freak being the head coach for like the Green Wall? That would that would be oh my god, I think I'd wanna like shoot the base. Look, man, they've already got uh, Romaine for any memes and, and puns that they need, and I, I think they're going to be good to go on that front. But let's let's start with you here, Matt. Uh, how do you feel about this roster? Where do you come down on uh, Okay, so this was one of those, like, this Optic was one of those four teams I mentioned earlier where I feel like to have, like, these two players, I'm just like, all right, this is a, a great starting place to build from, and then two players that are, like, Okay, this is this is not great. And then, in their case, there's like Lemonade, where I'm just like, how is he still on the team? <laughs> like, it's 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 the cruelest joke imaginable that you get Arrow there with Lemonation. Like, I feel like I'm watching like an episode of like Big Brother. Like, they're just stuck in the house together, and it's Arrow and Lemonation. But honestly, I think this team can only be so bad because I think Power Power People is really good. So I'm sure, like, all the EU fanboys are going to suddenly, like, retro, like, uh, retroactively change the narrative of what who the, what they think of him and call him bad now because he's not in North America. Uh, I think Parvi and Arrow are good. Um, Akkadian and Ziggs and Zig and Lemonation are bad, and that's... I don't know if I could get too much deeper than it's two good players and, two ba- and three bad players, and... I, I don't know, man. I don't know. This entire team just is. You would so, think, like the biggest, like optic gaming outside league, like outside MOBAs, like what, like the biggest esport co- organization in the world, almost, right? Like, like they, they, they make they're they're really big in FPS games, right? Yeah, probably, probably the money. biggest that were just not in MOBAs until now. Yeah, right. I guess I feel like shouldn't they have done a should they, they should have been able to get a better roster. It's like pirate. I feel like they like it's like the basic baseball team that goes on lands that big free agent and then forgets that you need some guy to like you know cover for your like thirty five year old outfielder when he needs to go DH. Yeah, like, where where do you stand on Pelka? So, lemonation almost makes sense. He almost makes sense with optic. Now, what doesn't make sense is he's playing for Optic. Right. He, he, <laughs> but if they were like, Lemonation, do you want to be our coach? And he's and, and then Lemonation's our yeah, coach. I'd be like, that's terrific. He's That's why we wanted him for years. That's all you want him for is his pick band notebook and going going through that. And so, like, that would make sense. Um, like you were saying, like... Arrow is a fine player. I'm a little lower on Arrow, I think, than you are, because while he's he can be uh, terrific in team fights, he's abysmal at laning for the most part. And when I think, who do I need to carry my AD carry out of the lane phase? It's not Lemon Nation and his one pick a month. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, like that isn't gonna work out well for them. Power Evil's great. He's it's fine. I don't think he can do much with this roster. Acadian is fine. He's I think better than he's maybe given credit for. Uh, he he had a great start um, and then sort of tapered off. But I think he's overall like pr- pretty fine. Uh, if he's 
your third or fourth best player, I think you're oh. in an alright place. And I guess he sort of is, like, in that position with this roster, but... Yeah, but first is here, and then second's way down here, and then, like... <laughs> yeah. <there's... laughs> uh, Arrow is not a terrific... Like, I, I don't like him as your second best player. And I def I don't like Lemon Nation on a roster. Uh, <laughs> which is a big problem. I think they're yeah. going to be the worst team in the league, probably. I've heard not good things out of uh, the, the, the scrim environment that teams are, have going on right now. Uh, uh, I believe Optic was one of those teams that uh, Jack might have been mentioning with his academy team uh, and their performance, which is, just, like, you don't want to be in a place where someone's bragging about how their second team is doing against your team. Um, it's... I don't, I don't, I don't see it. It's a bunch of, it's a bunch of players that are, have been hyped, and I don't think they, they at all have lived up to the hype since then. Zig was supposed to be, like, a great hope for North America top laners, and he's been pretty average. And Acadians, like, it's, it's a team full of meh and lemon nation, and which balances out the power, fact that power evil is, is is awesome. He's he's been great, but like you can't be great in a in a vacuum in Le in League of Legends anymore. There must so. have been a lot of zeros on his paycheck. Oh, I'm sure that he's happy with his decision, no matter how that's going. <laughs> yes. And he's set yes. for quite yes. a while. Many zeros after that initial not zero. He's you know. <laughs> Power Evil, I I love the guy. I, I've obviously, you know, there's a reason I picked Misfits second heading into the, you know, summer split and why I loved why we loved watching that team at Worlds, right? That was a fun team to watch. But people forget that during the regular season there and throughout all of the spring split, he's a very inconsistent player. He would ne you know, he always wants to make the big play. And whenever he gets a little bit of a lead, he feels like he totally can make that next big play, which can backfire on him. So, like, if he's going to be your number one player, usually you would want, uh, like, a jungler like a Maxlor who can keep him safe and is there ah. for the defensive stuff to help minimize the damage. Or you would want a support like an Ignar who's making those plays as well and setting him up so that he can keep snowballing off of those moments. Uh, this team has neither of those things. I, you brought up Acadian. I had an argument with someone about this uh, yesterday, actually. So I... Uh, I have all of the numbers in, in front of me. Uh, if you... God, it just moved away from me. If you look at his, uh, his stats from the summer split, uh, here's what you get. You get the uh, 2.4 KDA, which was the 10th best in North America. You get a 64% kill participation, which was the 11th best among junglers in North America. Dead last of junglers that paid... 10 or more games, which, you know, KDA, I understand, like, bad teams don't have great uh, KDA. Uh, kill participation, that's inexcusable. Uh, ninth in damage per minute, which we think of him as a guy who likes to play carry junglers, wasn't doing a lot of damage. Uh, ninth in earned gold per minute, we think of him as a guy that does a lot of early ganks that should boost those numbers up. Uh, that didn't happen. So, other than his gold differential at 10 minutes, which was the second best of all junglers, uh, numbers do not back up the idea that he is going to have this, you know, upswing now on a different roster. I, I think that, like a lot of junglers, you come in early, 
People haven't figured out your pathing yet. You're new. You, you can get away with some things. There's film of you. People analyze it. They know who you are now. And the next time that they play you, you can't, they, they have an answer to it. I think people have figured out how to answer Acadian, and he's going to have to take a big step forward, I think, as far as coming up with strategies and being able to match his opponent point for point. Maybe Elimination helps that happen. Maybe uh, Zebatine is better than we think. There's just not a lot of evidence on this roster of like, oh yeah, this guy's going to be great to, to train up Acadian, or this is going to be the, the situation that gets Zig to where people have been telling us he's going to be for a while. Or if this is what's going to make Arrow suddenly not a bad laner. Uh, it, it's, it's a lot of question marks for me. And I understand Romain saying like, hey, we're, it's, it's too early. Give us some time to, to sort things out. I think the answer to that is, hey, our academy team actually looks pretty good. We've got a lot of raw young guys that we're probably going to rotate in and out of this split because I don't think they're going to do very well in the spring. So I think that more than maybe some other teams, uh, they might be willing to throw some guys in and out, try some stuff, and then figure out in the summer what five guys they ultimately want on that main squad. That's, that's just my instinct. I don't have any inside information on that. It just That to me makes more sense than... Optic wanting to stick with the roster that they currently have fielded from start to finish over the course of 2018. But we're going to move on. There are two teams that people have been waiting for this whole time, and it just so happens that alphabetically we were able to wait until this point to get to them. Uh, the first one here is going to be paid by Steve. I mean Team Liquid. Uh, Team Liquid, of course, uh, a roster that's been here for, for a long time in the NALCS. Didn't do very well last split. Uh, obviously, all of those uh, memes were coming in, and it was a team that's like, they clearly went in the offseason, they're like, we need to use our Disney money and make sure that what happened in 2017 never happens again. And oh boy, did they make a splash in this offseason. You get impact from Cloud9 in the top lane, the former world champion there. Uh, X Smithy, Poe Belter, and Ale from Immortals, arguably the three best members of that team. Uh, and then you get Double Lift from TSM, the best... North American AD carry historically that we've ever had. Um, certainly a guy who has a lot of carry potential with him. This roster seems stacked to me as far as talent goes. And of course, they're still going to be under Kane, who is a guy that gets a lot of respect behind the scenes as a coach. I think people don't attribute the issues of Team Liquid last split to his coaching so much as other Behind, you know, other things that really impacted that team. So, Pelka, when you look at this roster, does it deserve the hype that it's getting? Is it as good as it's being advertised right now uh, to the average fan? I don't think so. I think they're going to be good. I think relatively they're going to fall on their face and that they're going to end up not making the finals because I'm worried... Uh, I'm mostly worried about Pobelter. He, like, I, I, he's talked about, like, he wanted to, like, step up and, like, be more of a leader uh, last uh, last split for Immortals. And he was just, he was not very good in the playoffs. Uh, and I don't have as much faith in Doublelift as I used to either. He's still a dominant laner, but his positioning faults and 
his deaths are just it's 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 worrisome to me. I'm interested to see uh, what happens with him and Ole because uh, despite his roaming sort of reputation from what I understand Ole loves to just scrap it up in the bot lane so it could be it could work out fine for Tim Liquid because uh, Impact Double Lift and Ole just dumpster people uh, in the laying phase all the time and then Smithy just has to like alright Poe Belter you're fine and Poe Belter's like I don't do anything anyway uh, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and so like it could work out, but I the team does not feel to me like it has that X factor that other teams have. It doesn't feel uh, it doesn't feel for whatever reason. It just doesn't feel particularly it's the, it's well the constructed. Liquid, the liquid part. It just yeah because it has liquid before. The... <laughs> yeah, like I'm just I'm just I I just have that feel like there's. there's Something's going to screw up here, and I I think it's going to be Poe Belter or Double Lift are going. One of them is going to end up being the problem, so to speak. Um, it's it's really a quandary for any team trying to like make a roster that Poe Belter is basically the only North American mid laner like worth hiring, <laughs> but he's. But he's had like one playoff series where he like really stepped up uh, when CLG first won uh, against TSM, and besides that, he's really not ever been the player that people want him to be. And I just I don't I don't see things going as well for Team Liquid as they're gonna hope. Interesting, uh, Matt. What about you? So all right, so the. This team is going to get top four, so I think how they do in the playoffs can only be so bad because they're going to get a bye. Um, I think the talent of the roster pretty much gives them a floor. Like This is something that often happens in fantasy. People try to get cute, right? They're like, oh, but if this player does this thing, then this team might be better. Why don't you just draft the fucking player who's already that good? instead of picking the player that you hope is going to be that good. And I feel like we're being cute here with these rosters. We're like, well, if things work out with this player, this team is going to be pretty good. If things work out with this player, this team is going to be pretty good. This team is already going to be pretty fucking good. It is. You, you From a talent perspective, they are loaded. Uh, I definitely understand the points about Pole Balter, but he can just kind of throw Noriana Ball out there and press off. That's pretty much all he kind of needs to do in a team fight. Um, I think X Smithy is going to solve a lot of ills on this team because I think most people would agree by now that he's probably the, if not the best younger per se, because there's always that uh, best versus most valuable type of argument that exists in Forts. He's definitely the most valuable junker in North America. Um, that said, if I'm looking at like the ceiling for this roster... And I want to compare them to, say, last year's TSM. Is this team actually better than, like, can I see this team beating, being a, the best North American representative to ever go to Worlds, for example? Right. Uh, and I guess I don't see it because the point, point you make with Pole Belter is right. Like, so Pole Belter, Bjergsen, obviously you're picking Bjergsen. 
Uh, well, TSM didn't want double lift, so. But even if you're, it's a wash because there's both teams had double lift. Uh, Ole. Um, I mean, Ole is good, so I guess we could call that a push. I don't know. I guess I'm. <laughs> I'm with Pelk on the fact that there's you just get that singing feeling because this is a liquid roster that somehow they're gonna fuck it up. Yeah, and and honestly, it, it's, yeah. that's earned. Like that, like we can say what we want about like, oh yeah, like there's there's the the memes that come along with that. But to take a step back and realize that we have the same coach and the same managing staff <sighs> of a team that spent more money than anyone else in 2017 and finished in last place or ninth place. And they've always done, I guess, this is a good test case of whether certain organizations are just always cursed. Like, the Browns always find a way to lose. The Bills always find some creative way to just, to lose. You know, the Cubs found a hundred creative ways to lose for 108 years. You know, it's just one of situations where there's just something in the organization that's just so off that doesn't matter. Because, keep in mind, this is an organization that has been fucking up new, uh, uh, acquiring talent for years. Uh, X-Special had his tiff with TSM and at the time was probably top two in his position in North America still. He got gifted to Team Liquid for like peanuts and, well, probably Liquid money, but you know. And uh, Liquid wasted the last like year, year and a half of his prime, I would say. Like this Ross, this organization just consistently fucks up talent somehow. Yeah, well, it's just weird, can, you know. I mean, can, but can we not say somehow? Because I think we know how. I think not somehow. We, have, we know how. Yeah, we we have an o- owner in uh, in Steve Aronset who says things about his mid laner like we've tried everything and nothing seems to work, right? Like this, we have uh, we have <sighs> behind the scenes footage that has been put in front of us of people not seeming to know when to step in when personal issues arise and oftentimes making it worse. <sighs> if you if you're going to believe the team Liquid can win the championship. I, I think on the Rift, there's no argument the team is very good. I happen to think uh, they're very, very good because I think the world of Ixmithy, I do think he's the most valuable jungle in North America. I think that's going to do a lot um, as far as minimizing problems. I'm actually more worried about Impact, I think, than Did Co-Belter. Did Double F next Smithy have a thing back in the day? I, I, I honestly don't remember. But um, if I can continue my point, yeah, I, sorry, I, was... I, I like Impact in general, but last split, it really felt like he wasn't being able to take the fights that he needed to. He was struggling a little bit. His teleports were just a little off. There were rumors that he was potentially going to retire at the end of the split, and those didn't go away over the course of the year, and he is up there in his career. So, like, like there are a lot of little things where it's like it, Liquid needs to prove that they have taken a step back and examined how they got to where they did at their lowest in 2017, and will improve things from that coaching and management perspective. Because there is no such thing as a team that does everything perfect every day. There are going to be ins and outs of of day-to-day life that will need to get sorted. There will be scrims that don't go very well that they will have to be able to react to appropriately. Uh, A lot of veterans on this roster, a lot of guys that you we we should imagine uh, will will keep their cool and, and stay focused. But you need to create an environment in which you can get the most out of these guys if they're going to win the title. And that's really the conversation that Team Liquid's going to have with a roster like this. They should be in the finals competing for that title with the talent that is on display. The question is whether they're going to get in their own way on things that have nothing to do with purely on the Rift performance. And I hope, I'm going to give 
maybe not all benefit of the doubt. I'm, so I'm going to maintain my skepticism, but I'm going to be optimistic with that skepticism and say that last year the problems were as pronounced as they could have possibly been to the extent that they should have been able to learn from it as an organization. I hope Kane has learned from it. I hope that uh, Aaron Set and the managers and all the other analysts and everything that are you know behind the scenes and that we don't say their names as much. Um, I hope all of them have taken a step back and learned the lessons that they're going to need if they're going to contend for that title. Because as good as this team is, there's one other roster we haven't gotten to yet that looks uh, real, real good as well and happens to be six-time NALCS champions and three-time defending champs with that. Uh, that would be the, the boys in blue, Team Solo Mid. Uh, they're still real good. Uh, Hanser and Bjergsen stay from last split. Uh, Mike Young comes in from Phoenix 1 uh, as the jungler for them. Uh, Sven and Mithy coming over from G2, the big off-season splash. Uh, these the European guys that have a great knowledge for the game and are very, very strong together in lane. And, of course, Song, the Immortals coach, uh, coach of the split in the 2017 Summer Split and a guy that I think could do wonders for this TSM roster uh, in terms of keeping things fresh in a way that maybe things have gotten a little bit stale. I, I want to uh, close with Matt because he is the TSM guy. So let's start with you, Pelka. How, how do you feel about this team? Are they as good as we believe they're going to be? Yes. My, Mike Young is the only sort of question mark. Uh, need to see how he develops. Uh, I don't uh, have much information about like his work ethic or anything like that. Um, but he seems like he'll do fine. Uh, the addition of Mithy to take over shot calling responsibilities um, is going to be great. Like I can, I can see Bjergsen uh, coming back with just an outrageous individual year. Um, Hanser, I think, is going to be um, a big beneficiary of, of all that's going on because uh, Song is a great coach to learn from. And Hanser is actually like a really uh, analytical player from, from what I understand. Like, uh, talking to um, uh, people who've worked with TSM, like, the thing about Hanser is he excels through just, oh, oh, I should be doing this right now, so I'm not going to do something else. And uh, he, I think, is overrated uh, to some degree uh, just because, like, people int into him way too often. He just puts himself in a position where he doesn't make a ton of mistakes and people will make them just feed themselves to him um, because of it and he takes advantage of those he it, it, it's fine to just be like uh, if you're a top laner just I'm gonna take advantage when people screw up and that's all I need to do I'm just gonna be hanging out top I'm just gonna be a Maokai I'm just gonna root people when they decide to turret dive me and it's gonna be great uh, uh, so like TSM is 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 gonna wreck people by every imaginable way. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I think that this is a, a very scary team. Mithy as, as a shot caller, I think is going to be massive. Uh, not just because he brings a, a very fresh, nuanced perspective that has won four European championships in a row, 
but also because for a guy like Mike Young, who would you rather? Like that's that's the dream scenario, right? Mike Young gets to learn how to read the early game and and mid to late game shot calling decisions from Mithy. Uh, that's that's as ideal a situation as you're gonna get. Uh, this this bot lane is gonna win lane quite often. Really good at that. Bjergsen is Bjergsen, so you're gonna imagine that the early game here can go very very well. And as you said, Hanser doesn't make mistakes. Mike Young can throw some attention his way, and suddenly they have a very likely possibility of having three winning lanes on a pretty regular basis. I would not be surprised to see that kind of early game dominance. And if I look at what I wanted to see from TSM at Worlds, having more of an ability to focus in on that that skill that they have in the early game rather than playing back like, oh, we'll outscale, it'll be fine, and leaving that kind of room for error. Like, this is a team that I think can take the attack to people and pick them apart and really make a statement week in and week out. I think this team is scary. Um, I, I, you know, TSM, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, people get bored of seeing the same champs year after year, but, you know, hail to the king. And right now, they still look like the kings to me, as far as I can tell. Matt, this is your team. This is uh -huh. your moment. How are you feeling, man? So, with a roster like this, I feel like you immediately have to, like, set your expectations to be, which is, like, as always with TSM, like, top two should be a guarantee. I, when I look at this roster, I want to look at what it's going to be. Uh, TSM state goal of winning worlds. And I think it's interesting because you're comp probably combining the actual two best players on G2 versus what people actually think are the two best players on G2 uh, with, like, the best player in North America, which is Bjergsen, um, one of the top two or three top laners. And then, honestly, Jungler can be relatively plug-and-play with TSM. Um, I'm mostly excited, like, Pelkis for Mithy. Because I think he'll bring a level of creativity to TSM shot calling that they just never have. Like, they're a very predictable team. They pretty much do the exact same thing in all situations, and you just know it. And they get by with sheer mechanical skill and talent and the fact that Bjergsen it just always seems to know, like, the right thing to do in a team fight. Like, he just does these small little things. Like, I love watching the breakdown, the team fight breakdowns that they... Uh, they do, and you, you'll see a, t a breakdown of a TSM fight, and it's just like like milliseconds of decision-making that Bjergsen does that just completely swing the team fight in TSM's favor. Um, I definitely like the idea of having a, a coach that was actually signed to be a coach for TSM because they, they, they uh, dabbled in that whole let's get a traditional sports coach thing. Uh, I think Parth became coach more of necessity than like really like, all right, this is going to be the guy, so... Whereas now, I'm really hoping this is one of those situations where Reginald like hands the keys to the kingdom to Song and lets him do his thing, as opposed to being that influence that steps in every now and then. I, I really do think we there's a potential for this team to just have some games that are just like like over in 19 minutes. Like they're just going to be like so stupidly blowing away some of these rosters that it's not even funny. No, and I've had some conversations with. Uh, chase about this type of thing. My main concern with the roster as far as where I want them to be, and there's something that Pelka touched upon, is you know, they're potentially expecting a really great 
individual year from Bjergsen is that I'm wondering, or I'm concerned whether that player still exists. We all remember uh, season four spring split where Bjergsen would literally just utterly, because we, Scarlo is still considered a good mid laner in North America. Then, okay, he would just come in and like style on people like LeBlanc, fourteen and one, like stuff that literally just never happens in esports anymore. Like you don't see that in League Legends anymore. Does that player still exist? Because he spent so many years like becoming this player that kind of sacrifices for the team and takes fewer resources and makes these cross map plays and. I don't know if he can go back to the player we want him to be. So it's almost like we have this great player in Mithy who's potentially going to take that Shao Kong burden off of Bjergsen and unlock him. As everyone's been saying for years that Bjergsen needs something to unlock him so he can be the player that we all expect him to be. I'm afraid that player might not exist. He might not be able to go back to be just that like sole lane dominant force. So maybe for me... I still think they're just going to wipe the floor. I, I think I predicted last time I talked to Chase about this is they're going to 18-0 the split. I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to carry that forward to this conversation. I'm calling a 18-0 right now on record for it. I guess long-term for Worlds, I guess I'm just wondering whether um, Bjergsen can be that player that you need, that stopper. Like If you're familiar with baseball, when you're on a losing streak, you need that like pitcher that's just going to come in and throw shutout and just break that streak right now. And you need a player that has that killer instinct that knows that like this is my moment where I'm going to take over the game. And like that was the thing that you always saw with Faker, whereas there's you you could almost see it flick where he's just like, all right, carry mode. I'm I'm done. I'm done. I'm done being the team player. I'm going to go. I'm going to do something silly with Rise and appear somewhere else. like. Teleport my entire team blind, somehow figure out exactly where the enemy team is, just land there and one shot everyone. You need that killer instinct. Like it's like LeBron in the in the finals of last year's uh, NBA finals where in the last game he's like, We're losing. So in the last uh, fourth quarter he just took three of himself every Sometimes your best player needs to stop playing nice. Sometimes he needs to be Kobe. He needs to go out there and just make the plays himself. And Bjergsen just hasn't been that player. He hasn't had the killer instinct. Doublelift has assumed that role for TSM. If you look at most of the, the major come-from-behind victories of TSM or last year and a half, it was Doublelift who was turning on in a team fight. Like that 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 famous uh, Cloud9, was it Cloud9 team fight where it was like two versus four and Doublelift literally gets like a quarter kill? Uh, like almost single-handedly. Like Bjergsen hasn't, uh, hasn't uh, filled that role in years. And he needs to be on this roster for them to really meet the potential that we're looking for them to have. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, it, it's a great point. Um, I, I think that, you know, this team has proven that they can win uh, on a regional level. I don't think anyone has any doubt about that. I think that they're going to be in that title game because they're always in that title game. And until proven otherwise, I, I think that's where they're going to be. They've got a lot of guys who know how to win and know how to compose themselves. You know, there was a, a great article that Doublelift wrote for the Players' Tribune recently that talked about how at Worlds there was just this attitude shift that happened, and there was this atmosphere over the team that everything felt weird, and people got quiet, and no one said anything. Uh, someone's got to say something. Uh, if Bjergsen's not going to be that guy at this point in his career, maybe that's why you bring in a guy like Mithy, because maybe Mithy says something. I have a feeling that he would. 
Um, so maybe that's where he can kind of step up a little bit. Um, maybe you know a, a guy like Mike Young, who's who's still young but seems to have this this great passion for what he's doing. Maybe he's a guy that can be a locker room guy in those kinds of moments uh, that help bring people together. There are a lot of you know I, I think that how they handle that is going to be the difference between being great and being great internationally. Uh, and I, I can't wait to see it. I, I can't wait to see all these teams come to fruition. But now's the time to put our credibility on the line and, and make our predictions for the split. The way we're going to do this, just a real quick rundown. Uh, go from 10 to 1, your worst to your best team, with like a sentence or two as to why that is the case. Uh, and then I have tallied up all of our scores combined to give you the official rough drafts ranking. But let's start with you, uh, James, just because you're, you're sequentially to my right. We'll go clockwise that way on this little right. Discord thing. Um, what you got? So at 10, I'm, uh, I'm going with that optic roster. I just, I don't, uh, awful. Uh, and then number nine, Guardians. Just pull some games, basically. And then uh, sort of 100 Thieves and Equifax, I've got, I, I, I sort of think of them uh, in sort of a, the same sort of tier of, they have some interesting things maybe going on, but they're not going to be like a real playoff team. Uh, C9 and CLG are make playoffs, but like don't do much there. Um, uh, four FlyQuest and three Team Liquid. Uh, and then we're pulling in with uh, Clutch at number two, TSM number one. Yeah, that, that Clutch number two is the one that stood out to me. You, I, you I'm real team. big on that roster. It's it's real. It, it looks real great. I, I like it. You're you're making me want to change my rankings, but I've already locked it in. So I'm gonna I'm gonna instead send this over to Matt. Matt, where did you put things? <laughs> Okay, so I have FlyQuest 10th. Um, I, I just think that roster is just bad. I've, I'm a TSM fan. You know I've seen plenty of Wild Turtle. You know I've seen it. I'm done with it. 9th, uh, I have uh, Golden Guardians. Same place with Pelka. Uh, same thing. They're, they'll, they'll steal a game here or there. Just be, I, I will find a way to steal a game or two, but that's about it. 8th, uh, I had Optic. Uh, same type of thing. Uh, I think I just have a little more faith in Power Evil than you guys do, but still, 8th is still not making the playoffs, so it doesn't really matter. 7th, uh, I have 100 Thieves. Um, I guess I just kept coming back to the fact that I just feel like they're not on the state where they're, they're not quite good enough to make that top 6, but they really can't be too bad because someday is still pretty good at League of Legends. Um, at 6th, I have Clutch Gaming. Um, I wasn't quite as sold on the players, uh, the sports, the sporting cast, but I'm not as familiar with Hakuho. I don't think I watched a single game that he played in last year unless they were playing uh, TSM, and I probably didn't pay attention, to be honest with you. There, it was Envy. Envy was not a good team. Um, I had Echo Fox 5th. Um, and that's mostly because I just feel like there's a lot enough talent on the roster and who needs good enough player, uh, Dark, Altec, Aiden, good enough players. That they just seem like I, I can't see a world where they don't make the playoffs. 
but it's that five six spot where I don't think they're going to do anything. Um, you're going to notice on my rankings that I, I put a lot of value in these veteran organizations with with players we know have done well. So I have Cloud Nine four. Um, I definitely agree that they might take a slight step back uh, at least temporarily with this switch to Svensk Aaron and it could take Licorice a little bit of time to get used to an ALCS but Jensen Sneaky and Smoothie have been here before um, and I guess I really value that especially as the new organizations kind of get their feet wet um, I have CLG third which is probably a little bit different for you guys reporting them I'm a little more optimistic surprisingly even to myself because I was even like think about this I can't believe I put them third but it's a it's another organization where uh, Zix is or Zix is a good coach. Uh, they're they're relatively stable from a play a playing standpoint. I can definitely see them early on, especially building this like insurmountable lead in the standings where other teams might end up better than them. By the time it gets to the end of the season, though, they it's only eighteen games. We don't have many games this because of the change to eighteen best of ones. So I just feel like they're going to end up at a point where. Other teams might be better, but standing-wise, they're still going to be uh, third. Uh, second, I have Liquid. Uh, I guess I just... You know, I, I've, I've decided to have a positive outlook at team, you know, um, apart from Donald Trump. Um, and I just really... I really think that, you know, with a roster with that much talent, it's really hard to fail. Like, it would take the mother of all fuck-ups for Liquid to actually mess this up. This is... Uh, a phenomenal collection of talent. Um, Dublin has a chip on his shoulder. I could certainly see them crashing, burning, and like maybe the summer split for some weird reason. Because this is a roster that's not going to get better over time. We know who all of these players are. They're all long-term players. They're def- This is not a well. Wait for the summer split because all these young players are going to get a whole lot better. That's not not what that roster is. Uh, then. I already said TSM was going to go 18-0 because that roster is honestly ridiculous because it was the Reddit dream roster. Like, you literally would go on Reddit in September and October. They'd be like, it wouldn't be cool if TSM got, like, Sven and Mithy and then they could pick up Mike Young. Right? It was, it was like, it was, it was literally the fanboy roster, like the wet dream roster. So, yeah, TSM number one because you, you got to... Until the king gets, gets dethroned, no team has shown... It, in like a year and a half that they have what it takes to knock TSM off the perch. Because it gets to a certain point where you either have to like put up or shut up, and no team has been able to put up. TSM does, year in and year out. So, TSM number one. Yeah, uh, all, all of that uh, seems fair. Well, I mean, I fly quest, but we'll, whatever. We, we'll move on. We'll, we'll accept that. Um, number 10, I, I had Optic Gaming. Uh, I, I think that that team is just not I have no faith in the I have no faith in basically in any of those guys other than Power of Evil right now. I don't think it's a team that has an identity in mind, and I think it's going to be rough uh, with a coach that's still going to be learning on the fly how to do his job. Uh, Golden Guardians at number nine because High is going to figure out some way for them to not get tenth, and that's the nicest thing I can say about this roster. Uh, eight, I have Echo Fox. I, I think this roster is going to crash and burn. I don't. I do not know how these personalities are all going to mesh together. And even if they do, I don't know that they're consistent enough on a week-in and week-out basis that all five of these guys are going to be on point at the same time. That seems tough for me. I have a hard time talking myself into them. Uh, number seven, I have FlyQuest. I think this FlyQuest team is going to be great in the summer split. 
I think it's going to take a little bit of time. I think Fly needs to, to get back up to LCS speed. I, I think that Onda and Stunt are inexperienced, and they might be played on a little bit early on for that. I think they're going to get better as it goes on. I love this team for the summer split. Uh, I just I, I think the six teams I had above them, I just felt uh, some consistency was really there. Uh, CLG is, is number six for me. Uh, I like this team. I don't really like Rainover. I, I don't think that he's a great jungler uh, outside of some of the intangibles that don't really matter for this roster. So I'm not as high on them as a lot of people. I have Clutch Gaming fifth, and I got to be honest, Pelk, I, you're talking me into wanting to put them a little higher on my ranking, but I'd already written my stuff down. I love this team. I, I love all the, the envious guys. I think Hako is amazing. I think Lear is great. I think Forbidden's going to be a great feature on this team. Ultimately, I put him where I did because I think Solo is a weak point. And in the playoffs, you can create a game plan that punishes that. And I think it could see them exiting in the early rounds uh, for that reason. Uh, number four, I have Cloud9. Uh, stability reigns uh, in a, a split like this. I, I think that uh, the core is still very much there, and that core is good. And I like Licorice quite a bit, even with Sven Skaren being that question mark as to how things turn out. Uh, where I deviate from both of you guys a lot, I'm in on 100 Thieves. I'm in. I'm putting them third. I like this team. I, 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 think, I think Cody... Look, man, the Zach and Cody bot lane is going to be a lot of fun. I think that's one of my favorite names, if nothing else, for a bot lane. I think they're going to work well together. I think uh, Aphromoo is a great guy to kind of teach Cody's on the bot lane what he's, he's missing. And I think Aphromoo, uh, change of uh, scenery guy. I think there's a lot of potential there for him. I think that someday is best day. And I think that Ryu being reunited with a coach that actually knows how to use him is going to go a long way. I, I am banking on a lot of things turning out correct. I, it requires a more optimistic view than I, I think you two brought to the team. And if, if any team's going to make me feel silly at the end of the season, it's going to be 100 Thieves. Either I'm going to feel amazing about that pick or I'm going to feel very dumb and what the hell was I thinking. And we'll find out. Uh, number two, I have Team Liquid. It scares me to have them at number two because they are still Team Liquid. But there's so much talent on this roster. Uh, so much veteran talent on this roster too, which I think as far as the floor goes is always worth taking into consideration because unlike maybe a team of young guys where some of the behind-the-scenes stuff can really weigh on them, these guys have all been on good teams, mixed teams. They've, ha they've gone through issues with other players. They've been on all of these different experiences. So I think they're going to handle the ups and downs better than I think any of the other Team Liquid rosters that they had have before. And that's assuming that there are those ups and downs. This team could just be super talented and not really have to worry about it in the spring. And that means uh, all hail to the king, TSM. I have them number one. Uh, this is a really, really, really good roster. And I love what Song and Mithy are going to bring to this team. I think you're just going to take a TSM team that was already really great in 2017 and take them to that next step. So that means our final Rough Drafts official rankings, uh, when you aggregate all of our scores, uh, mm -hmm. go as follows. Uh, number 10 is Optic. Uh, they got 28 points, uh, and it's, it's the golf rules, so you want as low as possible. Uh, Golden Guardians right next to them at 27. Uh, number 8 was FlyQuest at 21. Uh, Matt really driving the, that average down there. Uh, 100 Thieves at 6. That's on me, bringing them uh, up with my ranking. Uh, Cloud9 at 5th. 
uh, with 14 points. Uh, that's kind of exactly in the middle of where we all had him. Uh, CLG at fourth. Um, again, right about the middle where we all had him. Clutch all the way up to third, uh, thanks to James's ranking there, which I, I like kind of how that turned out. Um, number two, Team Liquid. Uh, and number one, Hail to the Kings. We've all picked him. It seems like the obvious pick. It's the boring pick. But statistically, it is also the most likely pick. And, and that's where we think this split's going to end up. Where do you guys at home think this split's going to end up? We have that lovely comment section here for a reason. We love hearing from you guys and keeping the conversation going. And, of course, we also have the Rough Drafts Discord, where I watch games regularly live with fans of the pod. Uh, and keep, you know talk. You can ask me questions directly during the season. Uh, a lot of great guys in, in that chat. Um, so you are all more than welcome to join on that link in the description if you want to keep the conversation going there. Of course, you can find all of us on, on social media. I'm at RedShirtKing, and I am, of course, full-time at Unicorn, where you can see articles that I'm doing over there on unicorn.com. Uh, Pelka, where can the nice people at home find you? Find me on twitter.com, at PelkaSuperFresh. Perfect. And then Matt. Where can the nice people at home find you? Oh, you know you can find me on Twitter. Where I'm, if I'm not talking about tw uh, Trump or SM, I'm probably dead. Scorpion <laughs> yeah, think... MG. Yeah, that's that's fair. I would be very nervous to not see your Twitter account active, to be honest with you. But that's that's it for this pod. We are going to be doing a roundtable for the European LCS as well. Uh, I'm not sure the order in which that's coming out. It might be already there. If it's not, it's coming out the next day. Just depends on which one I get done editing first. Uh, very uh, exciting stuff for both of these regions. It's going to be a very fun year of League of Legends. I'm going to be doing vlogs before every week uh, of games. Real quick, kind of rough cut videos giving you guys an idea of where I think you guys should be placing your bets. That's going to kind of be the new version of the Guest Alliance podcast. Because that's going to be a little bit easier with what my workload is going to be looking like now that I'm in the job that I'm at. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you guys are looking forward to a ton of awesome content and a very fun League of Legends season. So until next time, goodbye, Internet. <laughs>